Come on, Jesus, you're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. God, we give you praise. Amen. Amen. Okay, as you make your way, I think you probably, I don't know, keep your glasses with you, whatever's happening. Uh, Absolutely brilliant, guys. Awesome. Yeah, he has sprung you. You've been sprung, okay? In Romans, I like, I, I, I really believe today that this word will change and challenge your life and that you'll never be the same again, okay? So a bit of, bit of challenge today, a little bit of stirring today, and uh, I really believe that we've got to get into the word of God. The Word of God sets you free, okay? Christianity is not like other religions, I want to tell you right now. Other religions, you're, it, it's, you have to wear certain clothes. You've got to have the right sort of clothes. We've all got to have the same haircut, all that sort of weird stuff, you know? But we just come as we are because Jesus already won the victory for us, okay? It's not about the outside, it's about the inside. And as a church, I've always felt since the day we planted this church, God said I was going to bring people from very rugged, just like David. In fact, God gave us a picture when we planted the church of the cave of Adullam. And it was people coming in who were people out of, out of troubled lives. You read about the cave of Adullam that David had. They were misfits of society. But they had some of the most creative capacity and some of the most outstanding vibrancy in their spirit that could unlock the power of the victory that Christ wanted to give them. And I believe, and I still do today, and I want to say get ready for some of the people God's about to bring in because I believe God's about to unlock something beyond where we've ever been before. Hallelujah. Yes. I tell you, it's what we've got to believe that God is rescuing the lost. Oh, well, I might be the only one who believes that. But see, here's what it is. It's not about the clothes you wear. It's never about the clothes you wear. It's about the heart on the inside. God transforms from the inside out. God transforms. Is that Gareth down there? I just saw Gareth down there. Stand up, Gareth. I'm going to pray for you today. I was praying for you at about 4 o'clock this morning, actually. Jump out here in the aisle. Gareth, I want to tell you, called by God, called and appointed, okay? You you are called by God. You don't see yourself as being good enough, but that's a lie from the enemy. The devil's lied to you way too often, but you're called by God for such a time as this. And every time that devil comes, tell him to get the heck out of my world, push off, devil, okay, in Jesus' name. Lift your hands to the Lord, Gareth. Here comes the power of God on you. In Jesus' name, God, I thank you that you've set this man free. I thank you that the cuffs have been removed of this guy, that the chains have been busted, that you've called him into the kingdom, that he is elected, divinely elected, before time, before you were ever created in your mother's womb, before you ever arrived there as that little seed. God already knew you. It says, I knew you before you were born and I called you right then. And you're not here by chance today. And God says, you are here because I love you. I have called you. And today in Jesus' name, I pay the power of God. Break every shackle off his life. And in Jesus' name, I speak victory over your world. And I prophesy over you right now that you'll be an evangelist, that you'll bring transformation, that you'll witness to people and the power of God will go through you in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Give Jesus a hand clap right there. That's the sort of thing. That's the sort of thing that God wants to do. God never wants us to be normal. He wants us to be radical, okay? I'm going to share another verse with you this morning and it's uh, 
because I like, I just like this, okay? It's Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, and it says this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. That's a challenge. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. This is about where we're going in Ephesians, okay? Holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So worship's not necessarily coming here and lifting our hands in church. True and proper worship is offering your life as a living sacrifice. That means a whole lot, which we're going to get to in a minute if we've got time, okay? And uh, verse 2, and I love this. Do not be conformed to the thinking of this world, but be transformed. Everybody yell out, transformed. By the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will in your life. This is the word of God. Listen to what it says. It says you've got to get your mind shifted into the same line as where Christ's deliverance is. If your mind's still trapped back there under condemnation, you'll never live in the freedom that God's got for you today. We've got to re- That's why he says renew your mind, renew your mind. I've got to renew my mind every single week. I've got to renew, renew my mind constantly just to keep fired up in God. A lot of people I know who have got to my age, been in the faith for, I don't know, 40 years, have lost their passion and lost their, their fire. And the reason they lose it, they don't renew their mind. You've got to renew your mind daily. This morning, I had the wonderful opportunity of renewing my mind. And let's see the picture, please. And, uh, and I'll show you this picture because even though it looks incredibly small there. Oh, there we are. I'll get out of your way. And I went and sat down by our waterfall. We've got a waterfall now, and it's just the most beautiful, peaceful, unbelievable place. And I just went down there and just spoke in tongues for about an hour before I arrived here. And I want to tell you, talk about getting your mind renewed. Man, the sound of that water, the river. God just shows you so many pictures of the river that flows out of us. Every one of you have got a river that flows out of your lives. It brings hope and life to every person. That's why, hey, you did the right thing coming to church this morning. You're in the right place at the right way. Just making that decision, I'm going to go to church. Your life's going to be better. Next week's going to be more amazing. Your, Your incredible attitude is going to be so invigorated and thrilled in God that you'll go out of here with victory in your life. I tell you, you're in the right place. So Paul's saying this to us, and he's writing this incidentally, okay? I'll just give you this incidentally, while he's in prison. While he's in prison, he's writing this. So you talk about lockdown. We had some freaked out situations in lockdown recently, and uh, we thought we were in lockdown. This guy was in lockdown, okay? He was in an inner cell in the prison. Remember the time when Paul and Silas were actually in stocks in the prison, in the lowest prison of the whole lot? And even in that prison, they refused to have a mindset that would be locked down. Remember, they still had a mindset was free, could worship God. And as they worshiped God, the whole prison started shaking. Everybody got set free. That's where we've got to be, that people get set free in our world. And so I'm going to challenge you a little, because one of the things that Paul teaches, then he goes into Ephesians and he writes a whole book to the Ephesians while he's in prison again. He writes some incredible instruction. He gives us some incredible wisdom and, in fact, great wisdom on how to live this free life and, uh, and how to be mature. Everybody just say mature. mature. I think sadly to say, I may say this, speaking to myself as well, is that I think for the first maybe three years of Christianity, 
we learn and we grow and we grow and then we plateau. And I meet way too many people who have plateaued about there. God says to go on. Jesus said, come on, go on. You've got to go on to maturity. Paul challenged us on it. You can't stay where you are. You've got to consistently be maturing and growing in God. Anyway, here's what Paul says, okay? And I'm going to read it. He says, listen, listen, this is in in Ephesians chapter 4 we're going to today. In light of all this. Now, I like that right there. So he's saying right there. Everything he's already talked about, what Pastor Julia preached about last week, everything he's already talked about, he says, now let's see where that applies for right now. And and I like that because there's a bit of a challenge there because if you go back and uh, you go back, let's just go back to Romans 1, some of the stuff that he's been writing. Romans 1, verse 1. I love what Paul says here. I, Paul, a bond servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of Christ, Gareth, separated to the gospel of Christ. Now, Paul's saying, I'm no longer Saul, I'm Paul. Now, who changed his name? His mother didn't. He changed it after he got born again with some Holy Ghost inspiration. He said, I'm never going to be that person again. I'm a brand new man. I'm a new creation. I'm going to live different. I'm going to have a different attitude. I'm going to apply myself differently. I'm going to be recognized differently. I'm no longer the guy that's persecuting Christians, that's doing all this horrible stuff. I'm a brand new man. And Paul's letting us know that right there. And he tells us, and he goes on with that, okay? And then it says here, therefore, um, oh boy, it's in fact too exciting to miss actually. In light of all this, here's what I want you to do. While I'm locked up in here, a prisoner for the master, I want you to get out there and walk. This is in the message translation, right? So he's saying, here I am locked up. You've been set free. I don't want you sitting around in the doldrums. I want you to get out there and walk this life. I want you to walk into the freedom. See, once you've been set free, once the cuffs are off, the chains are off, the stocks are out of the stock, get out there and walk free. That's what God's saying to you. He says, um, better yet, run. Now, I don't think God wants us just dawdling along like it's a pretty tough sort of exit. I think God wants us to run the race of faith. Talks about it in Hebrews. He says, lay off everything that so easily ensnares and holds us back in the baggage of the path and run. Forest, run. But there's something got to get in us where we believe with a passion, the same passion that Forrest Gump had, that we're going to run. I don't want to dawdle through my Christian life. Life's too short to dawdle around. We've got to get out there and run in Jesus' name, okay? And you can't run if you're weighed down by all the cares of life. You've got to strip off some of this stuff. He says, on the road God called you to travel. I don't want any of you sitting around on your hands, okay? I don't want anyone strolling off. And that can easily happen. And that's why we've got to be the best encouragers on the planet. We've got to stir people up. We've got to remind them who they are in Christ. People forget who they are in Christ. Unbelievable. They forget who God called them to be and the incredible power of liberty that's on the inside of you. That can, ch- You know, the most powerful group in New Zealand right now are the people sitting in churches this weekend. Well, the born again who are sitting in churches this weekend. Most powerful people in New Zealand. We can just speak the word, the Bible says. Speak the word. God says, 
utter the unknown tongue and speak to heaven directly and shift the atmosphere. That's why we pray here on Thursday nights. Uh, And mark that you do this with humility and discipline, not in fits and starts. So there's got to be something something about us that can just be a little bit um, um, convinced about this where we're walking and we don't like stagger off here, stagger off there, where we're not, we've got to be consistent in our faith. Consistent. Everybody yell out consistent. It's a challenging word to live consistent. It's a challenging lifestyle to live. You know, we've got habits. Every one of us has got habits in our life and that they say it takes 14 days to change a habit. And then you've got to be consistent in that to keep it going, okay? I have an exercise regime that it took me months to get that that happening in my world, but now it's so easy I can do it just every day. And I, and I know that Erna would be happy to hear this, but but it's something that I've developed in my life. It's like Erna will tell you, people get a New Year's resolution, they all go to the gym and they end up down her gym. She gets huge, massive sign-ups for the beginning of the year and everybody signs up. So that's cool because they sign up for a year, I hope. And uh, But they only usually last just a few weeks because there's nothing consistent about it. God wants us to be consistent in our walk with Christ. Too many Christians, they start off in the fourth year, they plateau and plateau for the rest of their lives and they forget things like, like e.g. if you have an offense against your brother or your sister, the Bible says very, I learned this in the first few weeks, that first few days. If you've got an offense against your brother or your sister, go to them and put it right. Like That, that was a miracle for me to learn that because I was more like, go stab their tires, uh, go, uh, if I had an offense against you unsaved, it wasn't going to be pleasant. And uh, But then you get born again that says, go to them and put it right. It says, bear with one another. I mean, that's a tough gig. My son-in-law, Dave, always, that's, that's a big one for him, bearing with one another. It's like, you've got to bear with people sometimes who you don't exactly get along with, but we're one in God. Tough to remember that, but you've got to get that. So in the first couple of weeks of my Christianity, after being born again, I learned to go to your brother and put it right. Get it worked out. You can't do it at a distance and you can't sort of fudge over it. It doesn't go away. It's like you won't be able to sleep at night because you're worrying about it. He's sleeping like a, like, like a log. He's out cold, didn't even know you had an offense against him. So put it right. This is one of the greatest things in the kingdom of God. There's so many people that are divided. This whole scripture is about being together. We talk about we're better together. And the only way you'll be together is deal with your offense, sitting eyeball, looking at each other, eyeball to eyeball. Hey, we can agree to disagree, but let's get on together. I I can't stand it when you when people can't face you and deal with stuff. I like to just sit down and say, well, what is the issue? Let's try and work that out and let's get on with life because we've got a world to win, we've got a gospel to preach, and we've got a church to build. And we can't mess it. That's why he's saying don't walk, don't stagger around, don't sit around, get up and run. And you've got to be free to do that. Listen, he goes on and he says, and Mark, 
that you do this with humility and discipline. Okay, we talked about not in fits and starts, okay? But steadily pouring yourselves out for each other in acts of love. That's a big one. Pouring yourself out for each other. And I, I'm, we're very grateful. I mean, I mean, Chris, where are you? <laughs> they come around and helped us move house, even though I handcuffed him for quite a while and, and couldn't get the things off. And um, he was worried about how he was going to drive. He had a whole van full of our gear. How he was going to drive to our house with the cuffs on. And it would have been quite funny. Imagine the cops pulling him up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I was expecting that to happen because there was no way these things were coming. We, had, we damaged his wrist quite badly getting them off, actually, because we had to use a hammer and a cold chisel <laughs> to get the things off. And now you'll notice one side doesn't work anymore, okay? Look at that. Oh, no, it's that, that side. It's this side. doesn't work anymore. Look, it just goes round and round. There we go, round and round. And, uh, and remember that because Jesus broke the chains. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't just take them off you. He busted those things. So when the devil still tries to remind you that you're in chains and you start hobbling along like some cripple, just remind the devil, Jesus busted the chains. They can never go back on in Jesus' name, okay? Listen to this. Uh, be alert, noticing the differences and quick at making fences. So in other words... Sorry, making, mending fences. I should have, I got that wrong. Mending fences. Now, Julia and I used to live in, in 18 Ross Street, 18 Ross Street. And when we built our house, we were all like, they were baby boxes, you know, they were breeding boxes, just a whole lot of them. One, two, three, four, all down the street. No fences in between. We just went there to get families happening, you know. And, uh, and so Julia and I had four beautiful children while we were there. And uh, but the neighbours were right there too. They were right there, and and you know it's like there were no fences. You could hear every argument they had. You could hear them when they were talking about you, and uh, and that used to happen too. Because when we got born again, there was a lot of talk about us. The whole street was talking about us. Okay, and uh, but you could hear everything. And then what happened was the problem was we started to get. I nearly used the word successful, but that ain't it. Uh, that seriously is the wrong word. We started to get a little bit financially free, even with the four kids, uh, hungry as, eating all the food, busting things up around the house. Um, we started to get a little bit uh, more financially free, and we all built fences. And then we couldn't see our neighbours any longer, and it was like they didn't matter any longer, and it was like we became these funny little individual people, these little groups here. Friend, I want to tell you right now, Get out of your box. We've got to be bigger than our own little world. Paul's saying here, live bigger than your own world. You know, we, we know, Julia and I know people that live in such a small world and all it is, they, in fact, here's what they actually do at, on, a, on any night of the week, actually. They get home from work. They have their nice little dinner together and then they sit down in front of that ugly tea. How you can even watch that thing. It, they sit down in front of the television and they sit down there and then they watch TV together and they watch that with a little heater going and watch the, 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 the chaos and then get depressed as and then have an argument and then go to bed and can't talk to each other 
after watching that horrific show and, and then get up and do the same thing the next day. Man, Jesus set us free from all that. We've got a life to live. You've got to live bigger than your own world. You've got to get out there and, and be in contact with people. Get to an eye group. Be a part of a great eye group. You've got to, you're better together. It builds your life up. I would far sooner go to an eye group on a Wednesday night than any single program TV may have to offer and get out of my own world and out of my comfort zone and spend time with people that are encouraging me, challenging me, stirring me. I've got Derek saying, man, Don, I need a miracle here. I need to catch up with you because I need you to inspire me with this miracle. And I want to tell you, that inspires you to live bigger than yourself. I can't be locked down with that. Listen, he goes on. Um, uh, you were called to travel on the same road, the same direction and the same direction to stay together. So stay together, both outwardly and inwardly. You have one master, one faith, one baptism, one God and one father of all who rules over all, works through all and is present in all. Man, I'm never going to get through all this. I can see that. It's a long book. Everything you are and think and do is permeated with his oneness. I wonder if it is sometimes. I wonder if everything we do is around what Christ wants us to live for. Because I realize that Christ wants me to be an evangelist, to be a carrier of the good news, to be a life bringer, to breathe hope wherever I turn up. I struggle to sit down in a restaurant and not hear the voice of God saying, go tell that person how awesome they are to me. I struggle for that because I feel this compelling desire on the inside of me that Christ in me, the hope of the whole world. And I want to tell you, when we get that on the inside of us, man, you can't live normal any longer. This is the importance of having the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, what we're going to do here, because I can see that my clock is just about done, um, I'm going to shift gear here a little bit. And uh, I've just totally stuffed this up. Oh, cancel, cancel. There we go. Okay, and I'm going to dodge the next few. We're not going to read any more of that. We're going to go straight to the points I've got for you today. Is that okay? So I've got some points to you, and I want to give you those because otherwise time will be up and you'll all get bored with my preaching. What does it say? I've got a couple of minutes yet. Okay. So so Paul is sharing here from a prison, from a, from a prison cell some great wisdom on you living together loving one another and in freedom. And, and you can go home and read it for yourself. I'll challenge you to go home and read Ephesians 4 and just read it and read it and read it, okay? So he says this is how you can live free. And I want to just give you three instructions to living free in your world today and becoming mature. Because listen, if I say something here and you disagree with it, then that should be okay. If it stirs you and makes you really mad, then I would really, you know the people I love? I really love the people who say, hey, need to catch up with you. And then they sit down and they look me right in the eye and they say, you annoyed the heck out of me with that. And I'm saying, I, I want to clarify it first. And then there's been times I've had to apologize for my passionate enthusiasm. Not from that perspective, but in that, in that sometimes you'll say things that are sometimes maybe not 
exactly who we are as a church. But you know what I love? I love it when people come and say, hey, let's get this together because we've got a kingdom to build here. We've got a world to save here. And we are. We're challenging the world. Right now, we're going across, I don't know, in, in, in dozens of countries right now. I think we're live this morning, are we? And so all the people watching online, it's a privilege to bring this to you today. And people are watching. So all over the world right now, we're affecting people with the love of God and the power of the gospel. Why? Because we've got a serious commitment to attend to. We're not just gathering here because you all look fantastic. We're gathering because we have a call of God to change the world in Jesus' name. And we've got to embrace that. I think we've got to get more serious about that than we've ever been. And I think we need to buy into that a whole lot more. So here's the three things I'm going to give you as we close, okay? Number one, he said you've got to go to prayer. I want to tell you right now, prayer is the greatest unity developer you'll ever get. Prayer. When you're praying for someone, you can't really hate them. You know, if I'm praying for, can't give a name here, but... (laughs) If I'm praying for one of you, um, <laughs> I could use you, Jesse, but that would be just too, too nice a thing. <laughs> if I was praying for Pastor Kevin, okay? And uh, so and then I turn up at iGroup and I've been praying that God's anointing be on him, that the kingdom of God, that God would bust him through. It's hard to stay mad at the guy for too long. My own. In fact, I struggle to stay mad at anybody for too long. Julia and I can have, and let's face it, we've had the odd one. Yeah. <laughs> Just mob. <laughs> but, but you know what? We, we can go to bed some nights and we've had an argument. The, the Bible says, do not let the sun go down on your anger. Now, that's become pretty real in my life. I'm laying there and it can be quiet. You know, some couples, I can't believe it, some couples will go for days. I hope none of you, but they'll go for days. We had these friends who used to go like a week without even speaking because they had an argument. They had an argument the night before, so they'd go for a whole week. Hey, Dave? And... uh, It'll never be Dave and Vicky, I'll tell you. <laughs> but they'd go for a week. Now, I go to bed and it's silence in bed. And so then I just can't. I just, ah, just got to say something and break it through. And then we can all sleep in peace, okay? So you've got to learn how to get over the offense and deal with stuff, okay? Remember, the devil is consistently out to condemn you. And he will use situations in your world that you need to pray against the attack of the enemy on your life. I would challenge you right now to pray like you've never prayed before in this season, okay? If you're not feeling condemned, um, sorry, if you're feeling condemned, that is not God. It's not God. When you feel condemned about anything, that's not God. It's either there's something that's happened in your world that needs to be corrected and justified, somebody that you've had a whatever with, and you need to get together with them and say, hey, man, this is not right. I'm not feeling at peace in my... I love the peace of God that passes understanding and gives you liberty to be a prophetic miracle worker in your world. Well, that won't happen if you're carrying stuff like offenses. So pray your way through the attacks of the enemy.
Pray without ceasing, the Bible says, okay? Pray without ceasing. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks for this is the will of God of Christ Jesus in you, okay? So that's where we've got to live. Ephesians chapter 6, moving forward a little bit, says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert. And always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak words, sorry, words may be given to me so that I will fiercely make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fiercely. If you're in chains to anybody, you're in chains to Christ. Paul said, I'm now a prisoner of Christ. That's who I want to be captivated by, okay? Number two. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Can I really challenge you today? If you're not a tongue-talking Holy Spirit, but we are a Holy Spirit church, okay? I keep saying that. When we started this church, we decided we needed to be a Holy Spirit place that would carry an anointing of the Holy Spirit, that would breathe life into the people we meet. And I want to challenge you right now, get filled with the Holy Spirit again. If you've become a believer recently and you're not yet filled with the Holy Spirit, I would say today, make it your endeavor to get filled with the Holy Spirit, okay? Paul said, I thank God I speak in tongues more than you all. Here, listen to this. This is what he said about it, okay? Paul urges us, be filled with the Spirit. What does that mean? And I'll tell you what, what does that mean? It's like, don't we get filled with the Spirit when we get saved? Jesus said this, whoever drinks the water that I give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life within him. I love that. So if you want the flow of God in you, be a Holy Spirit believer. We, we've got to be there. Friend. Jesus later says this in John 7, 38. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly, or his heart, sorry, will flow rivers of living water. And, and I believe Jesus was speaking here about the Holy Spirit. Flowing out of your life, touching people with hope, victory, and destiny, okay? And so I want to challenge you with that. In 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 2, he says this, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, the Spirit he speaks, sorry, in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. I want to speak some mysteries into my world. Life gets too, I meet people whose life is just boring and mundane and Mine is never one second boring. I'll show show you that, okay? I'd like it to be a little more boring at times. Last couple of weeks, I've been looking for a little bit of boredom. (laughs) But anyway, living life. He goes on to say, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. So when you're speaking in tongues, you're building yourself up. You become a giant. When the enemy comes along and tries to lie with you and says, I'm putting those cuffs back on you, you say, devil, get out of here. Go where the sun don't shine, buddy. You haven't got any power in my life. You have no victory over me. I'm a blood-bought son of the living God. And then go back to speaking in tongues, okay? Speak in tongues, sing in tongues, argue in tongues. (laughs) Whatever. Make it work for you, okay? When I speak in tongues, I identify myself. I literally build myself up with strength. In the original Greek, this is what it means, okay? It means you will be charged with supernatural energy. Yeah, supernatural energy. You get me? I won't, no, I will never need a stem cell, whatever they call it, 
putting some stem cells in you because that's what the Holy Spirit does. He gets right into your bone marrow. It says that when you are born again, you've got the joy of the Lord. It says your bones are healthy. Your marrow's producing great stem cells into your body. You're looking youthful every, getting more youthful as you go on like myself. More energized as you go on like myself, feeling like two 32-year-olds. Number three in my final point today, because we do need to close. And uh, I'm finishing with this today. Uh, where is it actually? Skipping a few notes here. Oh, here we go. Be a new creation. Be a new creation. And I need to read you this as we close, okay? But now you yourselves are to put off all these things, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man, okay, the old man. Now, putting off the old man, that's like, it's like, it's not just like, taking off your coat, it's not just taking off your coat and throwing that away and say, well, that was how I used to look. Now I'm going to look a little different. Got nothing to do with the outside. This is the old you. Thank you, baby. This is the old you. You get rid of that, the old you, and you put on a whole new mindset and you start to live a new victorious life. I reckon we need to go on to maturity like never before. Christians speaking to myself and challenging myself. He says, he goes on to say this, put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. This is Colossians 3 verse 8, eh, for anybody who wanted to know. Verse 11 said this, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Sycan, slave, nor free, but Christ is all in all. Therefore, everybody yell out, therefore, Therefore. as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender, listen to this stuff. Uh, Rod, you talked about this as well. Put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, there it is, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also forgive them. Verse 14, but above all these things, put on love. Let's be a church that walks out of here today with the love of God on us afresh. You know, there's nothing like getting alongside. I hung out with, with the amazing Dave Pearson yesterday. In fact, we built a shed together. And uh, he didn't bring his saber saw, so everything was good. And, uh, and uh, But, you know, just talking to Dave, you know, Dave, has done the stuff that I'm talking about. He's put on love. You know, I, I, I try to sort of coax him a little bit into saying something bad about some people. But he just doesn't have it in him. He's just the nicest guy in the world. He only speaks good of the people around him. And I think what a treasure in our lives. You know, he was talking about some of the, the, the group he has working for him, and he's got a great team working with him. And I'll bet every one of them, is enthused and encouraged in God. In fact, a pastor works for him. And I reckon that guy works for him because he gets so much life out of just working for Dave. He goes back to his church on Sunday and preaches what Dave told him. (laughs) But I reckon let's be a people that go out of here today that are so together we uplift each other, we don't speak gossip, 
We cause them to be encouraged in God. We prophesy over them and cause them to live the best life they could possibly live. Amen? That's what we've got to be. Be renewed on the inside and let God change your heart today in Jesus' name. Why don't you bow your heads right now? Father, I thank you for every person here. God, we want to be people that are renewed in our mind and our spirit. But God, most of all, we want to be renewed in our heart. We want to put off the old man and we want to put on the new man in Christ. So Father, I ask right now that you would touch us with your love and your power in Jesus' name. Lord, that today, Lord, you would speak to our hearts, God, because that's where it starts. And Father, across this auditorium today, God, there'll be people here right now saying, God, I need to be renewed in you. God, I believe there are people here today that are saying, God, I need to make you the center of my life. I need to leave the past and step into a new world in you. And friend, if that's you today, I want to give you an opportunity to respond. I want to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus today. Maybe the things of the past have so gripped you. Maybe you're lost in your, in your, in your oldness. Maybe you're lost in your, your past mistakes and your past life. And maybe today you're saying, I need Jesus on the inside of my life. I need to breathe again. I need to start again. I need a second chance and a second start. Maybe today you just need to say, Jesus, I need to be born again. I want my sin to be taken away. I want the chains that have held me prisoner for years to be busted off my world. And maybe if that's you right now, friend, and you're saying, Don, I need to make a commitment today and say, Jesus, you are Lord of my life. I want to be a bond servant of Christ like Paul spoke. And I'm leaving my past behind. I'm stepping into a new tomorrow. If that's you, friend, just lift your hand right now. I'm going to pray for you this morning. I'm going to include you in that prayer. Yeah, God bless you. Thank you. Yeah, God bless you, honey. That's so awesome. God bless you right there. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. God bless you. That's awesome. God bless you, young lady. Thank you. Is there anybody else right now? Just while heads about and eyes are closed, friend, if that's you and you're saying, man, that's me, I need to respond to that. Give me a wave. If I haven't seen it, give me a wave right now. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, honey. Put your hand down again. Why don't we all stand together right there? Because this is, this is church. This is church and we are family. And you know, one of the great things about being family is that like when all our family get together, it's kind of like anything goes, you know. It's like, it's like we don't judge you for behaving a little differently to me. We just, we accept. Families are accepting. You better believe at the cave of Adullam, they had to be pretty accepting. David didn't judge people. You know, we've been, the church has been so, so good at judging. And I'm not talking this church. I think we've been relatively free of that. But the church across the nation, someone makes a mistake and they're sort of cut off forever, you know? We don't do that. We serve a God who forgave us. Man, if I have to judge, if I have to think that one person may have failed, then man, I'm, I'm, I'm finished about 30 years ago, maybe more, Julia. Maybe last week. But we cannot judge people We've got to be more authentic than we've ever been and we love people and we embrace them. Mistakes and all, because I'll tell you why. Because we can't fix it, but He can. 
And if we accept people where they are, because I tell you, people are going to come broken. People are going to come shamed. They're going to come undone. And God is going to bring them in here and He's going to put them back together. Why? Because He's a transformational God. We've got it written on the wall out there that God transforms lives as we work with Him together. That's the only way the kingdom can work. So if someone makes a mistake, we don't cut them out of the world, our, our world, our lives. We say, hey, we love you, and God's going to restore. God's going to put you back together. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We pray that you would activate something in your life and shift your life towards Jesus. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, just click follow. We love you. Have a blessed week. Come and meet me. I want to shake your hand. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. I want to believe God with you today. Because you are a miracle. You are a miracle, like me. Like me. We're always going to be in church. Someone over here, if you put up your hand, please come. Please come. I'd love to. Man, I just got to, in fact, I almost want to give you a hug. And just tell you you're awesome. You're awesome. Awesome. Louise, is it? Lu- Lucy, sorry. And... Oh, we've got two Lucys? How cool is that? Two Lucys. Man, this is just beautiful. This is, God bless you, honey. Yeah, God bless you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming, man. What a privilege to meet you. God bless you. You're in the right place this morning, I tell you. Man, alive. I hope you can feel the love in here because I just feel it all over you right now. <laughs>